Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie, and we have a lot of big things to talk about this week. In two days, it's Halloween, and we had hit all the usual stores and looked through all the Halloween costumes this year as we do every year, and it seemed like mostly the same old stuff. You got your Ahsoka, your Grievous, your clones, your Vader, your Jedi of all different tones. (laughs) But... Last week, we had a discussion about the Star Wars Angry Birds, and Marjorie was angry, and I was apathetic. I'm not so much angry as extraordinarily disappointed. I'm disappointed in you. I have ordered the early bird Angry Bird kit from HasbroToyShop.com. And now by you, I apparently mean Arnie. It was what I needed to put me over the hump for the free shipping. It's no excuse. Don't encourage it. If you buy it, we're just going to get more crap like that. And I haven't seen it in stores, so I keep hitting Toys R Us, which apparently is getting the Angry Birds earlier than every place else. But then we get a link from Jacob, co-host of Now Playing, on my Facebook wall. It turns out there are new Halloween costumes this year. <laughs> Adult Angry Bird costumes for Star Wars. Females can be Angry Bird Leia, and then there's Angry Bird Stormtroopers. I guess he's Angry Pig and Angry Pig Vader. These are just wrong and sad, and I hope that no one actually bought these. There's the Child Angry Bird Luke Fighter Pilot. I kind of like some of the non-Star Wars ones. I'd like to be like... The red bird and go, while handing out candy. Every time somebody comes to the door, I'll run at it real fast. I'll lock you out of the house. Or the yellow one. And every time somebody comes to the door, I'll, what the But Star Wars Angry Bird Costumes. What is wrong with, I don't understand. Why, 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 why? I will send something Star Wars. I don't know what. Probably a peg warmer. To anybody who sends a picture of themselves in this costume, any of these Angry Birds Star Wars costumes, or their children in these costumes, to show at SWActionNews.com. Oh, I'll just make them a big swan prize pack. I've got some extra stuff laying around I can sweeten the deal with. Just know, I will probably make fun of you. (laughs) I don't necessarily get it. That's the step too far for me, where I'm like, but then again... It's- and this comes from a man who bought Little Boy's underwear for Revenge of the Sith. 
then again, because. I mean, nobody's being forced to buy it. And if you like it, then I guess that's a nice option. It seems weird to me, though, because I couldn't see adults wearing this. I really couldn't. I could see kids wearing it if the kids played the games, but the toys and games aren't even due out until after Halloween. The release date of the game is early November. The toys are supposed to actually hit shelves early November, even though they hit earlier. So this seems to be premature. This Halloween, nobody knows about the game. The kids aren't going to be excited for it because they haven't played the game and want to dress up as the game birds. I I don't know. And then all the years we've handed out Halloween candy and where we used to live had two nights of Halloween. So we had to buy two nights worth of candy. I never saw anybody dressed up like Angry Birds anything. And that was at the height of its popularity. We're waning now. We're not waxing. So instead of jumping the shark, it flew over the pig. Yeah, let's just say that. There are also plushies. And I don't know why I didn't see this coming, but Amazon.com sent me their holiday gift-giving items things. And, of course, there are Star Wars Angry Bird 5-inch plushies of Darth Vader, the Stormtrooper, Luke Skywalker, and not X-Wing Luke, but looks like he's wearing a bad toupee Luke. Oh, my God, it does. It's like he, <laughs> it's like he has a blonde afro. <laughs> oh, dear, these are horrendous. What the hell? The Han Solo's toupee is pretty bad, too. Oh, my God. Why? I just have to say, don't support this. Arnie, you need to cancel that order. <laughs> you you cannot give your dollars to this. This is just wrong. The early bird kit's inspired. It just harkens back to nostalgia for me on that. I'll buy you an early bird kit for Christmas. It's not this. <laughs> I'll buy you a real one from the 70s. You're going to have an angry wife. I shouldn't be surprised by this, is I guess what I'm saying. I should have expected this to happen, but for some reason, I thought that this was limited to just the game and the Hasbro toys. I guess I didn't realize that they were treating Star Wars Angry Birds like it's Revenge of the Sith, and they're going to put it out in everything. It seems... Stupid? I was going to say risky. It seems like they're putting all their eggs in one basket, shall we say. <laughs> oh, dear. But if don't take this as a pun because I've had enough of the puns already for the birds. But this feels like something without legs. It feels like this is something that's just here for the holidays. And like a year from now, we're going to look back on them almost like we look back on the customs, the chopper bikes that they had. That clearanced out for a dollar because they didn't sell well. Yeah. I just don't see this as being the new fighter pods that's going to be the thing that people are going to be collecting for years and years and have hundreds of plushy angry birds in their house. I can say that any time I look back on when I was a completist with Star Wars and, as you mentioned, bought everything from child's clothing items all the way up to high-end prop replicas, this certainly is a wonderful inoculation against completism because there's so many other great things I could spend my money on. You would have to literally have unlimited funds in order to get to this point of completism where I would have every Angry Birds Star Wars collectible. I would have to go back and finish my collection of the Empire resin statues. I would have to have a complete vintage carded collection, a complete vintage mint-in-mint mint box AFA-graded collection, a complete modern AFA-graded collection, every video game, every Star Wars insider, every comic book, every reprint of every comic book, 
every edition printing of every novel, and then I might be like, well, what's left? I guess there's those Angry Birds. Every fighter pod would come before the Angry Birds. I'd even say those play school figures that I'm not buying. The Jedi Force ones. Yeah. Even the five-inch Jedi Force ones would all be purchased before I got completest on Angry Birds. I think you should just say no. I think that's the way to handle it. Don't buy anything if you don't like it. Don't be a completist on it. You vote with your dollars. and if I voted for the early bird kit. I know you did. I know. I know. It's embarrassing. If this stuff actually does well, if we are in some bizarre, weird universe where it will do well, we're just going to get more crap like this in Star Wars as we know it's going to die. Star Wars is forever. It is. And Angry Birds isn't. Angry Birds isn't. The Star Wars Angry Birds, like I said, I don't see it having legs, but I don't think it's going to be the death knell of Star Wars. I think, though, when you look at things like Hasbro's quarterly reports where Star Wars isn't mentioned, and if you look at last quarter, the only thing mentioned were fighter pods are doing well, it just shows Hasbro really trying to diversify the line to bring it back to a level of profitability that they had in 2005, 2006, 2007, and they're doing crazy things. They're bringing back 12-inch figures with four points of articulation, and they're bringing angry birds. And obviously, though, looking at all the licensees hopping on, this isn't a Hasbro initiative. This is a Lucasfilm initiative going to the licensees and saying, hey, Star Wars Angry Birds, who wants in? It is not Hasbro saying, hey, Angry Birds Star Wars, I think kids will like this. But it's okay. These Angry Bird costumes, I've already forgotten them because it's Christmas time. It's not <laughs> Halloween yet, but it's Christmas time. I couldn't believe it when I was at Target way back when we were up at FallCon in Minnesota for the Star Wars Reads Days, and Target had put out their holiday display. I know. We were standing in the Target on Sunday morning looking down. And I said, oh, hey, look at those neat Halloween trees. They were like black trees with orange lights on them. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at the rain- reindeer standing right next to them. But Jonathan co-host of Republic Forces Radio Network and does our On the Peg segment here, was at a Home Depot and found perhaps the first illuminated Christmas lawn ornament I will ever own. And I'm staunchly against these things. Well, it's not inflatable, so that's a plus. That is a plus, absolutely. But I'm generally against these light-up moving, light-up things that people put in their yards for Christmas or any holiday. Well, there is at Home Depot... A very cute Clone Wars light-up Yoda in a Santa hat. He is adorable. He is $73. The question isn't whether we get one. It's a question of how many we get. Do we get one to actually put in the yard and allow to sun fade year after year, and then one to keep in the collection? Or do we just get one to keep in the collection? I don't know, because I don't know that I'd actually put it in my yard. I totally would put this in our yard. Okay, then. I would have this on our doorstep or in our yard. It is Christmas. It is Yoda. It would confuse people that we have no kids. But other than that. You can actually buy him right now at HomeDepot.com. There is free shipping on all holiday items. And he's $69.97 at HomeDepot.com. Add to cart. But Marjorie, you may be disappointed in Angry Birds. But leave it to fans and the fan sites to give you that sparkling gleam of hope. Because with the New York Comic-Con coverage, it was reported at Jedi Temple Archives and some other sites that in a casual conversation, it was mentioned by Hasbro team members that a sail barge could happen. A Jabba's sail barge in three and three-quarter inch scale. It was discussed. They asked 
the guys there, how much would you be willing to pay for a sail barge? And I don't know if it was Paul or one of the others said $200, throwing out a number. And the Hasbro rep said they could probably do that and really trick it out for $200. Well, this caused a coalition of Star Wars collecting fan sites, including Bantha Skull, Imperial Shipyards, Sand Troopers, Toy Hype USA, Toy Mag, Sir Steve's Guide, Jedi Business, the Curto Birds Collector's Cast, The Force United, Jedi News, Star Wars Collector, Yak Face, Yoda's News, Jedi Temple Archives, Galactic Binder, Galactic Hunter, Mintinbox.net, and StarWarsFigurin.com, plus ourselves, have all teamed up for a Bring on the Barge fan site petition, which you can find at BringOnTheBarge.com. And Jason at Yakface did this incredibly gorgeous mock-up of Jabba's sail barge in vintage packaging with the Return of the Jedi logo and the Vintage Collection logo, the Kenner logo. In just a few days, over 1,300 people have signed it. And the goal is 10,000 people to sign it. Now, I see Star Wars Action News download numbers. If all of you, when you finish driving to the office or mowing your lawn or whatever you do when you listen to our show, went to a computer and filled this out, as soon as we're done, we could blow past that number. Yeah, we easily could. Get out there and sign it. It doesn't cost anything to sign it. It's- There's, It's a petition site. And so at the end, it actually asks for a donation because it's just a third-party free off the shelf petition site but you don't have to pay anything you just have to sign the petition we'll have a link up on our site you can find it on our facebook or twitter go out there and sign it forward it to your friends get a bunch of people to sign it now this is in no way a guarantee that hasbro is going to make it it's just a statement that everyone's going to present to them and say hey we've got ten thousand people which is the goal that say they want a sail barge would you guys consider it but i do want to think this through because i am fully on board with the idea of a sail barge but I also question how much it would be embraced, especially if you look at a $200 price point. You look at the big vehicles they've done recently, and we've become jaded a little bit ourselves, where with the MTT this year, I'm just sitting back waiting for that half-price sale, because I think that for what you get, it's a little too expensive, and history has shown that these things go on sale. It may be after Christmas, it may be before, but... I remember $9 Millennium Falcons at Walmart yeah. back around Revenge of the Sith. I remember getting the ATTEs half off, the landing shuttles half off. I've seen the discounts. At a $200 price point, it really seems something aimed at collectors only. And if it went over $200, I'm thinking you might as well just sell it as a Sideshow exclusive. Sideshow and Hasbro already have a partnership mm-hmm. and have Hasbro make it but sell it through Sideshow. And that way they know they're, they have full control over this type of discount or something. If you get too much under 200 our fans going to be upset that it's not to scale enough. You can't fit Jabba in his own sail barge. Well, those are important things, too, because if you're making something this size, you want your figures to be able to display it in it. You want to be able to have a cool diorama. But at that cost of that, you're, you're going to increase the cost. So if you want these, it's going to be a little bit more. And unfortunately, that's how it is. I mean, Hasbro's not a charity. I just, I do think back to previous petitions that were successful, like Will Row Hood. Mm-hmm. And Will Row Hood sat on pegs. And I really want to see this be a successful thing. Now, there also are some rumors, take rumors with a healthy dose of salt, that Hasbro's already working on a sail barge, and that they were teasing it in conversation because it's in some form of pre-production already. 
if we see anything at Toy Fair, you know they didn't get it done in just a couple months' time. Mm-hmm. But it's a great idea to let Hasbro know, hey, we want this. And it's a big item, but, you know, it may help them understand that there is an interest in something like this. And also... It would be a great chance for Hasbro to also repackage some of their older stuff. Right now, they're doing the big Endor push, and we're getting the Endor big ad-ad, and we're getting the Endor ATST over at Kmart, and the Ewok sets at Kmart and at Toys R Us. Well, if they did a sale barge, they could re-release the Skiff someplace as an exclusive and get that back out there, and re-release Jabba's Palace patrons as exclusive figure sets and get some of those back out there and repaint some of them and get some different colored Weequay or Jawas or something like that. Exactly. This, this is a great opportunity to have a Jabba's Palace-themed year. But it's not going to happen without your support. So make sure you get out there, sign the petition, let Hasbro know you want this. I mean, it, it sounds good like it's going to happen, possibly if they're kind of teasing it and there's rumors. Typically, the rumors end up being true. Sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes the rumors were true, and then business environments change, and rumors become untrue. True. Can we but, say true a few more times? But I do want to know from the listeners, how much would you pay for a sale barge? Come to our forums and vote in our poll of the week and let us know what is the most you would realistically pay for a sale barge. Would you pay $100, which I'm actually putting as the low threshold because Hasbro's done vehicle after vehicle after vehicle year after year for $100. So... A hundred, a hundred and fifty, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. But I want you guys to come to the forums and be honest with me. It doesn't impact the petition, but I'm just curious. How badly do you want it? Because for me, at two hundred a sale barge. If it was through sideshow online only, where I knew prices were going to be controlled, I would buy it in a heartbeat. But if it was a non-exclusive released everywhere, like the MTT. I'd probably sit back and wait for a sale. I would pay the 200 but they'd have to convince me I need to pay the 200 and that is not going to be $100 on December 26th. And speaking of how much are you willing to pay, Toys R Us, we knew they were getting the big Millennium Falcon as an exclusive this year. It's been four years. It's hard to believe four years have passed since the big Millennium Falcon was first released. But it has started to show up in that wonderfully nostalgic vintage packaging at a not-so-wonderfully-nostalgic $250 price. Yikes! That's pretty pricey. I smell a Black Friday deal here. That's the thing, is Toys R Us's pricing has always been high, but it reminds me of an old episode of Good Times I watched in the 70s, where Janet Jackson was working at a department store, and she had to work overnight. And they're like, what were you doing? And she's like, we were marking all the prices down 30%. And somebody says, well, if you mark everything down 30%, how can the store stay in business? Oh, well, we were up the hours the night before marking everything up 50% first. I mean, you look at the MTT, which I've been talking about, it's about 130 most places. Toys R Us has gotten it in the past couple weeks at 180. And you're like, why would they charge $50 more than any place else? Well, the Toys R Us Big Book came in the mail this week, and it has a $50 off coupon. So if you don't do your homework, all of a sudden, if you're somebody's mom, you think you're saving $50, when in fact that $50 coupon just makes you pay the same price you'd pay if you went next door to Walmart. Yeah, so you really got to watch that. And that's the kind of stuff like with the sale barge that you have to, and when it comes out, 
you got to do that because you can probably find it cheaper somewhere else without even using that coupon. But the Millennium Falcon being an exclusive, yeah. 250 Now, I had to go back because I remember I paid around 130 for the BMF. So this is close to double when you take into account sales tax on that extra $120. The MSRP on the BMF was 160 So this is $90 higher than the MSRP, but places like Walmart and things on items that high never charge the MSRP. They're always a few bucks under. Now, there are these Toys R Us coupons that we get pretty regularly. 20% off any purchase over $100, 25% off a purchase over $200. So I would think they're taking those coupon codes into account, and that brings it down to 200 but still $200 for a vehicle that was released four years ago for far under that, that can still be found online for far under that. I think BMF this year stands for Big Massive Failure. Ouch. Well, I have a question. I mean, yes, action figure prices have gone up. Things in general have gone up. But in four years, has the price gone up that much on things to accommodate that? Or is a vintage box more expensive? Being an exclusive, it's always a little bit more. You can always attach a premium. Figure prices have gone up. Maybe... 20% since then. I'm thinking back, if we go back just a few years before that, figure prices have gone up about 120% since 2005. So since 2008, we were probably paying around $6.99, $7.99 a figure. We're now paying $12.99. So I guess it is proportional. However, proportional doesn't help an economies of scale like that. No, it doesn't. I just, first of all, don't know where I would have the space to put two BMFs. I love this box, but... I've had so many collectors point out to me that they could actually go get a vintage Millennium Falcon with the original box from the 70s for this price. And I just think they are way overpricing this. And that is the general response I'm hearing. I have seen a couple people online on our Facebook page and things get them. These are people who are wonderful completists who keep everything boxed and have all of the vintage collection vehicles boxed. And they need this to finish out their collection. But... At this price, I'm like, I can do without that box. I am not a boxed collector. Wait, wait a second. That's a big change for you. Again, $250. A premium format figure is $250 versus a repack. If this was the first time the Millennium Falcon was ever out, the BMS first release, I'd probably knuckle up. Find that 25% off coupon and pay the 200 And I suppose we need to realize that if the sale barge is successful, we're probably going to get it a few times like this, too. You know, I said the same thing about the ATTE and about these other big vehicles. If we did, it would be years after. Mm-hmm. So I would say if the sale barge comes out, you would want to support that or at least get it while you could. But it's with any of these collectibles. You have it first coming out, and then there's the hype and the pre-release. Everybody's overpaying on eBay. And then it comes out and it gluts the market, and you get MSRP or under. And then it starts to become rare again. And the manufacturing and things, if it were to come out again, would it be like the big Millennium Falcon? If it came out the first time at the $200 spitball price point, and then it came out again four years later as a Toys R Us exclusive, would it be $350? I'm just glad that the... Millennium Falcon in the vintage packaging isn't a repaint or a redeco or something like that to really turn the screw. But not all exclusives are bad news. There's some great sales going on because I wasn't joking when I said it's Christmas time. The Sunday ads in yesterday's paper 
were just like Christmas. Yeah, there's a lot all of a sudden. I didn't expect it pre-Thanksgiving like this. And I know Toys R Us and Walmart usually had this big sale leading up to Thanksgiving Day and then the Black Friday ads hit. But this is a little early, I think, for this many toy ads. Every single store ad was Christmas toys. All toys this week. And I don't know why it's so early. And it's not just the newspaper. Sunday morning, I woke up to an email from Amazon about the hot holiday toys. And I checked, and the MTT is under 130 there, but I'm just waiting for that day that it's a lightning deal. You know it's coming. I'm also hoping Book of Sith becomes a lightning deal, the way the Book of Jedi did. Mm-hmm. Those Amazon lightning deals are great to pick up things like that. But in stores right now, like I said, the Toys R Us Big Book came out with its $50 off MTT coupon, so that it's the same price that you could pay everywhere else. But they also have 25% off their... Endor exclusive five packs, which is about equivalent to the sales we've seen from them before with the buy one, get one half off and things. But now if you only wanted the Ewok set or only wanted the pilots with the Steve Sansweet looking porkins, <laughs> those are $29.99. And also talking about playing the long game and saving a bunch of money on the vehicles, last year's Republic Attack Shuttle is half off at Toys R Us at a very reasonable, can't pass it up $40. And over at Kmart, their Sunday ad, if you still have one or if you have a family member who can give you their Sunday ad from yesterday, has a coupon that you can get that ATST for $29.99. And they also mentioned they're having a sale on their Endor 2 packs. They specifically had the SKU for the Ewoks for $12.99 instead of $14.99. I'm not sure if that also includes the ATST drivers too, but I'm betting it does. So you could save two bucks a set on those. But I haven't really seen any new Hasbro products showing up in stores. These exclusives I'm seeing are sitting around for a while now. The Angry Birds haven't made it to market. But over at Target, what has started showing up is the new X-Wing Miniatures game. We've got Nathan P. Butler talking about the X-Wing Miniatures as themselves and how they stack up to the prior similarly scaled Titaniums, the previous minis game, and the collectability of them. Hello, Star Wars Action News listeners. This is Nathan P. Butler of Star Wars Beyond the Films at StarWarsReport.com and Venganza's own Republic Forces radio network, bringing you Expanding the Universe. Though, this time, we deal with something that is part of a genre that often brings new Expanded Universe elements into Star Wars, but this time, it does so very, very little. That genre is gaming, and we're taking a look this time at the new X-Wing Miniatures game from Fantasy Flight Games. Arning has asked that this topic be approached from the standpoint of collecting and value, not gameplay. For gameplay, check out our coverage on episode 36 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, or my series of videos on the X-Wing Miniatures game that you can find on YouTube under username Chrono Radio. Yeah, I know, a blast from the past with that name, right? At this point, you might have run across the X-Wing Miniatures game as a box set in stores like Target, or perhaps you saw demos of the game at Gen Con or Celebration 6. The physical products have finally begun to ship as of mid-September 2012, but not everything is available just yet. To make things clear, the product launch line currently consists of six products, one of which is still in production and thus unshipped. The line includes a starter set, which is what Target is tending to carry in their game section, not among Star Wars toys, but among the board games and such, four so-called expansion packs, and a dice pack, which is the item currently delayed. There is also a supplemental app that can be found for Apple and Android devices. 
The game itself revolves around starfighter combat, wherein one player represents the Empire and another represents the Rebel Alliance. Each player begins with a certain number of squad building points to use in crafting his fighting force. Stronger ships, pilots, or upgrades cost more points than weaker ones, so you might see a lot of weaker ships in a big furball, as Wedge Antilles might call it, or perhaps just a few much stronger ships. Either way, the points allow for some balance in play rather than it all being about who owns what products. The core game runs $39.95, though it can be found on sites like MiniatureMarket.com, whose prices I'll quote here often for comparison, for around $26. Bucks. It includes two regular TIE Fighters and one X-Wing. This might sound unbalanced, but remember that battles are not based on an equal number of Star Fighters, but by similar point totals, which this starter set handles quite well. To play the game with a given miniature, you need a transparent plastic base and two transparent plastic pegs, which are included for each mini. That only gives you the physical representation of the Starfighter on the battlefield, though. You then need a small circular item called a maneuver dial, which features a rotating disc on top of another, which lets you choose what maneuver your Starfighter will make in a given turn. Each Starfighter also has one of these included, though you do have to punch the cardboard discs out and put them together yourself as is the case with most of the cardboard pieces. To play with a Starfighter, you also need a pilot. For this, you choose one of your ship cards, which are the size of normal playing cards. For the X-Wing, you are given four ship cards, four pilots, the unique Luke Skywalker and Biggs Darklighter cards, and two generic pilots, Red Squadron Pilot and Rookie Pilot. All of these have a given pilot skill value that determines who maneuvers or attacks first, a primary weapon value for its main attack, an agility value for its ability to avoid damage, a hull value to determine how much damage to the starfighter itself will destroy it, a shield value that represents its ability to take hits before cutting into its hull value, icons to represent its available actions and what kind of upgrade cards can upgrade that starfighter, and either a pilot ability or a tiny bit of flavor text, akin to the lore on the old Decipher CCG cards, though that's somewhat rare. Upon picking a pilot, a small rectangular card called a ship token is placed on the bottom of the miniature stand to note its pilot and stats. These are included for each of the possible pilots. On the TIE Fighter side, you get a whopping nine ship cards, or pilots, in the starter set, including the unique Mauler Mythal, Dark Curse, and Night Beast, along with two each of the generic Obsidian Squadron Pilot, Academy Pilot, and Black Squadron Pilot. Of course, you get their accompanying ship tokens to denote their respective miniatures as well. To upgrade your vessels, such as adding a secondary weapon like a Proton Torpedo Launcher or adding in an Astromech, you need ship upgrade cards, which also cost squad building points to use. These are smaller cards, and this set includes five of them, including the unique R2-D2 upgrade. To actually play after choosing your Starfighters, Pilots, and Upgrades, you need maneuver templates to track and move the ships. Action tokens to denote things like target locks, critical hits, and the like. A range ruler to determine whether ships are within close, medium, or far range of each other. A set of custom dice, three red attack dice and three green defense dice, all eight-sided. And a set of 33 damage cards, which are used to track damage when face down, or to denote special critical hit damage effects when turned face up. All of these, along with other tokens for specific scenarios provided in the starter rulebook, are included along with the full game rulebook, a quick start guide, and other incidentals in that starter set for 40 bucks. Overall, this is the package that packs the most punch for your money. You can actually play the game with this set, and for about 40 bucks in full retail price, you get three Starfighters, one Rebel, two Imperial, and a total of 13 pilots, four Rebel, nine Imperial. 
This is also, of course, where you get all of that other stuff that you need to play the game, mostly made out of cardboard, mostly punched off of cards they provide. Beyond the core set, you have four different expansion packs, each of which include one new miniature and several pilot cards, though the specifics do vary. The X-Wing expansion pack includes an X-Wing that is identical to the one in the starter set. It includes five upgrade cards, including the unique R5K6, and four ship cards, including the unique Wedge Antilles and Garvin Dreiss, exclusive to the expansion pack, and the generic Red Squadron and Rookie Pilot cards that are also found in the starter set. The pack also includes enough various tokens, Starfighter base and peg sets, and so forth, to make it possible to play with this X-Wing without having to dig into pieces from the starter set. In fact, each of these expansion packs does a really good job with the tokens, stands, and such, which makes the key factors in purchasing each the Starfighter miniature, the upgrade cards, and the ship cards. The Y-Wing expansion pack includes a Y-Wing miniature that is currently only available in the expansion pack, along with five upgrade cards, including R5-D8, and four ship cards, with four pilots currently only available in the expansion and only viable for flying Y-Wings, since pilots are locked to a particular Starfighter model. In this case, the Y-Wing pilots are the unique Horton Salm and Dutch Vander, along with the generic Gray Squadron Pilot and Gold Squadron Pilot. This pack's upgrade cards and related tokens and such also introduce the Ion Cannon into gameplay, which is unique to this expansion so far. On the Imperial side, we have another expansion that repeats a miniature from the core set, and one that is different, just as with the Rebels. The TIE Fighter expansion pack has the same TIE Fighter mini as in the core set, but it includes six pilot cards instead of four as in the Rebel packs. This set includes repeats of the generic Academy pilot, Black Squadron pilot, and Obsidian Squadron pilot cards from the core set, but then includes the unique, and currently expansion only, Howl Runner, Winged Gundark, and Backstabber. This set only includes two upgrade cards, though, but one of them is the quite useful Swarm Tactics. The last of the current expansions is the TIE Advanced Expansion Pack, which includes a TIE Advanced miniature not available elsewhere, and four pilot cards, all available only in this pack and only used to pilot TIE Advanced Starfighters. As in the Rebel sets, two are generic, Storm Squadron Pilot and Tempest Squadron Pilot, while two are unique, Darth Vader and Merrick Steel. Yes, from TIE Fighter. This set includes five upgrade cards, which introduce concussion and cluster missiles into the game. Each of the four expansion packs is $14.95 retail price, though shops like Miniature Market are stocking them for about $10. The dice pack, due out in the near future, is simply a second set of three red attack dice and three green defense dice, the same number as in the starter set. This is somewhat redundant, but it would allow both players to use their own dice, and it would allow for the use of various modifiers and such to attacking, though at present, there are no ships with primary weapons or agility ratings that would require more than three dice of either type at a time. The dice pack is set to be $7.95, or about $5.50 at some retailers. If you're looking for plenty of dice or a more convenient way of using dice, you might want to check out the Star Wars Dice app that has been released already for Apple and Android platforms, also from Fantasy Flight Games. The app allows for customizable sounds and backgrounds, and it allows you to roll as many of any form of dice for Fantasy Flight games as Star Wars games as one might need. The app runs about $4.99 on both platforms, but it features all of the seven custom dice for the company's Star Wars role-playing game, currently available as the beta test of Edge of the Empire, though more finished releases are expected later this year, both custom dice for X-Wing, 
and several different generic types of dice that can be used with any game, D6, D20, and so forth. This app is definitely a better overall value than the dice pack if you're not adverse to using a device to roll rather than actual dice. So how does all this pan out as far as value and collecting? If you're a miniature collector and care only for different variants of the Starfighter miniatures rather than pilot cards and such, then you can entirely skip the X-Wing and TIE Fighter expansion packs and just go with the starter set to get one X-Wing and two TIE Fighters for 40 bucks, or forego the starter set entirely in favor of one of each expansion pack to get one X-Wing and one TIE Fighter for $30 at retail. You could then pick up one each of the Y-Wing and TIE Advance packs to have at least one of each Starfighter miniature. If you care about collecting the individual pilot cards and just want one of each for a set, then you'll need to collect one of each expansion and the starter set, though you will end up with an extra Red Squadron pilot and Rookie pilot, along with two extra Black Squadron pilots, Academy pilots, and Obsidian Squadron pilots. But at least by then you'll have all the unique cards, as they're called. If you are really compulsive and absolutely must have every single numbered or lettered cardboard token in the game, such as target lock tokens that are labeled with letters, You'll need all five miniature products in order to have ID tokens up through number 19 and target lock tokens up through the letter V. Seriously though, if you were that compulsive, you would already have bought the expansions to have the ship cards I'd imagine. The value of each expansion pack actually varies somewhat, which is surprising. Sure, there are two that repeat miniatures from the starter set, but they vary in terms of the number of pilot cards, upgrade cards, and tokens as well. This allows each expansion pack to be very well balanced for gameplay, but it may cause some who are thinking only in terms of dollars and cents to be a bit flummoxed. In general, you're getting 8 to 10 cards, ships and upgrades totaled together here, 7 to 19 tokens of various types, and one miniature with its stand and maneuver dial in each set. For gameplay, the expansions are worth the purchase, especially at the discounted price at places like Miniature Market, and the starter set is an absolute necessity. Overall, you can get the starter set and all four expansions for $100. But if you look online for deals, you can get all five of those products, including shipping, for about $75. The dice pack is barely justifiable even for those who intend to play the game, though the Star Wars Dice app is a nice, cheaper, and more versatile alternative that you can also use with other products. For those who are thinking about price in terms of just the miniatures themselves and consider the gaming materials to be useless to them, as they intend to perhaps just get the miniatures to put on display and toss the gaming materials into a closet, the price is a bit steep. You can get three die-cast Hasbro Titanium Series ships with their display stands for $19.99, just $5 more than one X-Wing Miniatures game expansion pack. There is a major distinction to make here, to be sure, as a Titanium Series product and even Wizards of the Coast Star Wars Starfighter Battles miniatures are not as detailed as those in the new X-Wing game. Moreover, the X-Wing game team from Fantasy Flight actually went into the Lucas archives to the actual models used with blue screens for the classic trilogy to determine the correct relative scales of the Starfighters, at least in the first wave of aforementioned miniatures. The level of detail in gaming materials would make up for that price difference, but those looking at just the miniatures and discounting the gaming materials would probably find this too much to ask for a single miniature. I should also mention that while the miniatures are more detailed, they're also more fragile. Unlike the Titanium series or the thicker plastic miniatures of the Wizards of the Coast line, which could still be bent out of shape, which was rather frustrating, the X-Wing miniatures game minis are no more, so far, than two inches in any dimension and less bendable. 
but they are also still just light plastic, actually lighter than they look. This makes them feel rather fragile. You'll want to transport them very carefully, and I would note that my TIE Advanced arrived from my pre-order still sealed in its packaging with one of its wings already snapped off. I had to super glue it back on, which thankfully left no visible flaw. So is it worth it? For a gamer, I believe so. If you aren't certain, try out the starter set and play a few times with a limited number of starfighters in it, then pick up the expansions later. You can get the starter at Target, as I mentioned earlier, which makes this an easier way to get into it than to try to hunt down the expansions at the same time as the starter, which pretty much means buying online. For miniature collectors who have no intention of playing the game, this is probably a line to skip. They're nice, but even just buying the expansion packs at retail price, since you wouldn't need the starter if you already have an X-Wing and TIE Fighter from the expansion packs, will cost you about 60 bucks for a mere four miniatures. There are just far too many better ways, both in Star Wars collecting and otherwise, to spend that kind of money. Whether you intend to play or collect, I leave you with a final note to either excite you for future gameplay, or frustrate you with an ever-increasing price tag for completing a Star Wars collection. Fantasy Flight Games has already announced four more upcoming expansion packs. The Millennium Falcon, Slave One, an A-Wing, and a TIE Interceptor. Enjoy! Now, back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you very much, Nathan. And we're going to have more on the X-Wing minis game next week. Mark Fenrick, who has a Star Wars minis podcast based off the now defunct minis game, is of course all in on the X-Wing miniatures game, and he'll be talking about gameplay and more on our next podcast. And I'm looking forward to that next podcast. We may very well have some items to discuss. It may be two podcasts from now because I just got a shipment notice on Friday. The final wave of vintage figures has shipped from Entertainment Earth. For those who don't remember this last wave, they call it 2012 Wave 7 with Lumat, the Ewok, the Royal Guard that everybody drooled over to the point that there were stains on the glass case at <laughs> Comic-Con, Mean Nub, Weequay, the Republic Trooper from the EU, the realistic-styled Ahsoka Tano, the realistic-styled Clone Wars Obi-Wan. All of that is an online wave only, and it's sold out at Brian's Toys, but we got shipment notice from Entertainment Earth that it is shipped to us one of our two cases. We actually ordered two cases because it's an exclusive. You can go get yours right now at Entertainment Earth and make sure you have these figures. And we're going to be doing an in-depth review of this set once we get our opener set, which has not yet shipped. And speaking of Brian's Toys, don't forget over there, you can get their exclusive Jocasta new figure. Or if you're starting some holiday shopping for yourself or a very, very loved one... There's a couple really nice high-end items that they just got in over at Brian's Toys. See, Master Replica's Adat is a sweet, sweet piece. We have the signature edition of this one. They have the non-signature edition, which is on just the mirrored base, and it is gorgeous. And this thing, I'm so scared to death of breaking it that to find one in perfect condition, I would always go to someplace like Brian's Toys over eBay just Absolutely. because of the shipping damage. Or... 
I'm not a huge fan of AFA grading. That's why I was mentioning earlier I'd have to buy everything AFA graded before I bought Angry Birds. I'm not an AFA person. I prefer to look at it myself, judge for myself, not have somebody else artificially stamp it. There's a lot to be said for holding the item in your hand and actually looking at it because certain things bother you personally, Arnie. Like cutout pops on vintage figures. Yes, And maybe what they say is creased, it may not be acceptable to you. So I always like, when I'm buying vintage, I like to do it at toy shows so I can actually hold it in my hand. But there's a couple items that were I ever to get, I would only get AFA graded. I would probably take it out of the AFA acrylic once I got it. But that way, I know it's authentic. One is a rocket-firing prototype Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Too many out there are fakes. The other is perhaps the most bootlegged figure ever. (laughs) And there's one right now, AFA 60 at Brian's Toys, the Vinyl Cape Jawa. That's a big holy grail for a lot of people. I ended up with the Kubrick version of him. (laughs) You can get those now at Brian's Toys. And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, be sure to mention you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. And finally online this week, Sideshow had another one of their Mythos statues go up on sale as part of their spooktacular... (laughs) You have to say it like that every time you say it, too. This is a Sideshow exclusive piece. So versus having a Sideshow exclusive that comes with an alternate accessory, this is something that you're not going to be able to get at a retailer like Shop AFX or Brian's Toys. You can only get this from Sideshow, and it is Boba Fett. And I have to say, it looks pretty badass. He is in a great pose. They kind of phoned it in with the Boba Fett premium format. I feel like this is their way of doing a make good on it because the detail here, the way he looks all dirty, he's on some kind of a rocky base. It could be part of Tatooine. It could be Geonosis. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it gives him a lot of height to make him more imposing. And I'm not really a big fan of these Mythos statues. I just don't need to know what they did between. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with the movies. I don't need these. But this one's good because it just looks like he's hanging out somewhere. I'll be honest. Yeah, what makes it Mythos is he's got, like, some things that we never see in the movie. He's carrying a backpack. Maybe he's on his way to class. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of a waist tunic going on. He also has interchangeable hands with two different guns. One is a BFG and one's a TFG, a tiny friggin' gun. But you can swap those out. But it just really has such wonderful detail. And you don't like the Mythos statues. I haven't bought in on the Mythos statues, but I really like what they've done except for the Earth Tones. But I know that so many collectors, this is their entry point into high end because they love the artistic style. And it really is giving Sideshow a chance to do something that really we've only seen Kotobukiya do in the past or maybe Gentle Giant a little bit. But primarily Kotobukiya when they did their demonic Darth Maul or some of those really action-oriented poses on their artifact statues, the vinyl ones. This is giving Sideshow a chance to go into that with a really high-end collectible. I mean, this thing's 19 inches tall and weighs 14 pounds. So it's bigger than those other ones. It's heavier than those other ones. And it's just a level of detail that's amazing. So you should check that out at SideshowCollectibles.com. I did not order for three twenty-five. They got my money last week with the Expanded Universe Shock T. And Sideshow makes great stuff. And that's the thing. There's many people just click Sideshow no matter what it is. So I can understand you kind of waiting on this one, Arnie. You're not a big Boba Fett fan. Not that he's not good or anything, but he's not your area of focus in any way. Yeah, I mean, I have a six-inch Mandalorian skull tattoo, but I don't need the statue. <laughs> oh, 
I forgot about your tattoo. That's right, huh? It's just a matter of there is a thing of Boba Fett saturation. He was hot for a really long time, and, and then he got to be overdone, and you're like, oh, yeah, Boba Fett. I got it. Yeah, he's cool. He's a bounty hunter. Whoop-de-doo. But this is my favorite Mythos statue to date. This was the one I've come closest to adding to cart. The thing that got me, the reason I ordered the Shock T instead of this, this is a Sideshow exclusive piece. But the premium formats that come out in the Sideshow Exclusive Editions always go for, like, double on eBay. And if I feel I need that exclusive piece, if I ever were to own it, I just go ahead and pre-order. The Shock T comes with Starkiller's lightsaber in her hand. And without that, her hand's just looking like it's supposed to be holding something and isn't. I feel they really did a disservice to the non-exclusive edition in that way. Whereas this... It may go up in price. It may go down in price. It could be something that sells out in a week. It could be something that a year from now is their spooktacular 25% off gift card eligible and free shipping item. It's just so hard to tell. It is. And that's why if you really want it, you buy it. Yeah. And then you kind of grumble a little when it goes on price sale later for a lower price. And it's okay. It's what happens. No one can predict what's going to happen here, but it's okay. And that is our show for this week. Thank you, Nathan, for that segment. Next week, we're going to have quite a few segments. We'll have a UK report from Steve the Ginger Prince, Mark, as we mentioned, talking about the X-Wing minis, and Jonathan with On the Pegs. And we'll review something. It might be the vintage figures if that second case ships, or I've got a Sideshow Premium Format Emperor sitting here just begging me to unwrap him and give him a detailed review, as well as a gentle giant Imperial Gunner minibus from AFX. So... We will see what next week brings. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. 
Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.